Hey, Fellowship, happy Friday to you, and um, may you have a um, memorable and thoughtful Good Friday. Now, if you're new to church and new to Christianity, a common question is, why is Good Friday called Good Friday? Um, From what I understand, it is uh, because it is good for humanity, um, that Jesus is crucifixion shows the depth of God's love for us, that that he would sacrifice his own son so that we can see um, the the links that he would go to to show us his love, Um, and that through doing that, he deals with the power and penalty of sin um, in us and over us and around us, and so that through the crucifixion and the resurrection, we can have a good and right relationship uh, with the God who loves us and the God who made us. And so what we're going to do today is, is, if you're new, we've been walking step by step, day by day with Jesus, and we've been compiling the four gospel accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to create a cohesive story of what Jesus did. Today, we're going to see, it's going to pick up like at midnight, because what's tricky about um, the way we view a day versus the way a Jewish person would view the day in this time is that their day started at sunset, where our day starts at midnight. And so Thursday into Friday for Jesus was one seamless event. He he was with his disciples having the Last Supper. Uh, you know, the Gospel of John picked up on so much teaching that Jesus did with his disciples that, that last bit of time that he had with them. And that carried all the way over into midnight, about midnight, when they go to the Garden of Gethsemane. So what I did is I just picked up at the Garden of Gethsemane. So that's where we're going to start today. And uh, what I hope happens as we read through these Gospels, is one, two, or all three of these things. One, I I hope that that reading through these inspires you to see Jesus clearly, uh, that maybe you can see something in him that you haven't seen before. I also pray that it um, it encourages you to know Jesus better, uh, that you really see his heart and you see the heart of God um, in the crucifixion. And um, two, that because of those things, you're able to trust Jesus more and give him more of your life, more of your fears, more of your failures, more of your sin, uh, and, and, and trust him. And so today's readings are taken from Matthew 26, verse 30, through chapter 27, 61, Mark 14, 53, through 1547, Luke 2239 through 2356 and John 18:1 through 19:42. Now, if you haven't already, we will be taking communion at the end of this together. And so go grab your cracker and juice or or bread and wine, whatever it is you want to use, and at the end of the reading of the scriptures, we will take communion together. So, Go ahead and find a comfy spot and let these passages wash over you as I read them. Let's go ahead and start. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them at about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, 
and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers and chief priests and Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. And Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said to him, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. And when Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. And so he asked them again, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. And this was to fulfill the word that he had spoken. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut his right ear off. The servant's name was Malchus. And so Jesus said to Peter, Put away your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Now first they led him, being Jesus, to Annas. For he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who advised the Jews that that it would be expedient uh, that one man should die for all the people. The high priest, Annas, then questioned Jesus about his disciples and teaching. And Jesus answered him, I've spoken openly to the world. I've always taught in the synagogues and the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard me what they said to me. They know what I said. And when he said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, This is how you answer the high priest? And Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. And all the chief priests and the elders and scribes came together. And Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And as he was sitting with the guards, warming himself at the fire, now the chief priest and the, and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony didn't agree, and some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. Yet even about this their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But he remained silent and made no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. 
And that this, the high priest, tore his garments and said, What further witness do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike him, saying to him, Prophesy! And the guards received him with blows. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. And the servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before all of them, saying, I don't know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath. I don't know what you mean. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. And then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who is it that struck you? And they said many other things against him, blaspheming him. When day came, the assembly of the elders of the people gathered together, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away to their council. And they said, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. And so they all said, Are you the Son of God then? And he said to them, You say that I am. Then they said, What further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. Then Judas the betrayer saw that Jesus was condemned, and he changed his mind and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed and went and hanged himself. But the chief priest, taking the pieces of silver, said, It's not lawful to put them into the treasury since it's blood money. So they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field that is a burial place for strangers. And therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took thirty pieces of silver, the price of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. The chief priests accused him of many things, and Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you? But Jesus made no further answer. So Pilate was amazed. And when Pilate heard this, he asked whether the the man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him over to Herod, who himself was in Jerusalem at the time. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had long desired to see him, because he had heard about him, and was hoping to see some sign done by him. 
And so he questioned him at some length, but made no answer. And the chief priests and the scribes stood by, vehemently accusing him. And Herod, with his soldiers, treated him with contempt and mocked him, and then arraying him in splendid clothing, sent him back to Pilate. And Herod and Pilate became friends with each other that very day, for before this they had enmity with each other. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say this about say say it to you about me and Pilate answered am I am I a Jew your own nation and chief priests had delivered you over to me what have you done Jesus answered my kingdom is not of this world if my kingdom were of this world my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews but my kingdom is not from this world then Pilate said to him so you are king Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer not even a single charge, that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Who do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? For he knew it was out of envy that they delivered him up. Besides, While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, I have nothing to do with this righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream, she said. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. And Pilate said, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called the Christ? And they all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and our children. And then he released for them Barabbas. Well, then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I'm bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. And so Jesus came out wearing a crown of thorns and a purple robe. And Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! And Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. And the Jews answered, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. 
When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid, and he entered the headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, Will you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? And Jesus answered him, You have no authority over me at all unless it has been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out, sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement in Aramic Gabatha. And now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king. And they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. And as they led him away, they seized one Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, he said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and your children. For behold, the days are coming when they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that have never bore and the breasts that have never nursed. And they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it's dry? And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his garments among them, casting lots for themselves to decide uh, what each should take. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inspection of the charge against him read, King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments, and the people stood by watching. But the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him, offering him sour wine, saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. And there was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. And one of the criminals who were, uh, who were hanged railed against him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, You do not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation. And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, many of the Jews read this inscription. For the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic 
in Latin, and in Greek. And so the chief priests and the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am king of the Jews. And Pilate answered, I have written what I have written. And when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, and also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. And so they said to one another, let's not tear it, but let's cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. And this was to fulfill what the scriptures say. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. And so the soldiers did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sisters, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple disciple took her into his own home. And after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, he said to fulfill the scriptures, I thirst. And a jar of sour wine stood there. And so they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it up to his mouth. And it was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And while the sun's light faded and the curtain curtain of the temple was torn in two, then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, were turned home beating their breast. And all, the, all his acquaintances and the women who followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Now since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken so that they might be taken away. And so the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and then, and then the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead, so they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. And he who saw it bore witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, and that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones was broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him who they have pierced. Now, there's also many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to them, among, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee, and Mary, the mother of James the younger, and Hosus and Salome. And when he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him. And there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. And he was a member of the council, a good and righteous man, who had not consented to their decision and action. And he was looking for the kingdom of God. And this man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And then they took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid it in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever yet been laid. 
and it was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. So the women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how, how the body was laid. And then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. And on the Sabbath day they rested according to the commandment. Well, that's all that I put together for this. And there is nothing for Saturday. Uh, because as it says, Jesus rested. And he rested in the tomb uh, because Sunday is coming. But before Sunday comes, we remember the sacrifice that was made for us. And when you take communion, it's important to, to do a couple of things. One, it's important to prepare your heart, to, to take time like this, to listen to the scriptures, to, 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 to pray, um, to, to clear your mind, and just to, to remember the sacrifice that was made for you. And it's also a time to, to also evaluate your behavior. Is there anything that you need to go and make amends for before you take communion? Have you hurt someone? Um, have you done something unjust that needs to be made right? Have, is there something that you need to confess as sin uh, to God and repent of it or confess as sin to someone else for accountability? Um, all of that stuff happens before you take communion because then you come to communion and you remember you remember the sacrifice that was made for you. And so if you need to hit pause and make a phone call, send a text, do whatever you need to do, and then pick it back up and let's take communion together in remembrance of everything we just saw, in remembrance of Jesus's sacrifice for us. And this is his body that was broken for us. And this represents his blood that was shed for us. And so we do this not just in obedience. We do this in remembrance, in joyful remembrance. And y'all, I will see you Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection. What I love about Good Friday is it is just a reminder that Sunday's coming. And so y'all, Sunday is coming and I will see you then. I love you. And I love being in the church with you.